0: On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with our old pal Melissa and listen to the voicemails you sent in on this very special episode, Letters to My Narcissist, Volume 3. And now, before we get to our special episode with my old pal Melissa, I just want to thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, a reminder, if you have not left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, CastBox, etc., etc., please leave us a five-star written review as it helps out the show a lot when it comes to rankings. And guess what? If you have not been to our website recently, you should go there at NarcissistApocalypse.com. If you want to be a part of our show, when you're at our website, go look for a button at the top on the menu bar that says Guest Form. Click that button, fill out that form, and away you'll go. I'll do my best to get back to you as quick as as possible. So if you want to be a guest on our show, go to NarcissistApocalypse.com and click that button, the guest form button, for a chance to be on our show. I look forward to reading everything that comes my way and just be patient with me. I will get back to you as soon as I can. Other things on our site. We're now offering high-conflict parenting courses that can be found at NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. Yes, we have partnered with online parenting, and many of the courses we are offering were created by Bill Eddy. And if you've listened to our episode last year with a divorce lawyer named Helen, you'll know that Bill Eddy is an expert. In dealing with these individuals in court. And now he's helped create many parenting courses to help you through divorce and to help support your children too. These courses are the most widely recognized courses by family courts across the country. So if you want to support the show and are looking for guidance, please do go to narcissistapocalypse.com slash courses. And do you know what else helps support the show? guess what? We have a Patreon. Yes, we started a Patreon. If you want to hear episodes that never made it to air, follow up episodes with former guests and much, much more, join our Patreon. We'll be releasing new content on there every week. So please do go to Patreon if you want to help support the show at patreon.com slash Apocalypse also things that are going on with us over here. We started an Instagram and a YouTube channel, started making videos for them, pop culture ones. This week, I've been experimenting in, uh, I guess, informational or uh, educational uh, videos using this whiteboard kind of software. I'm still trying to figure it out, Um, but I'm, I'm getting there. One might be released within the next couple of days. So I'm working on that. And we also... Started some new uh, Instagram channels. One is called Canada Post Traumatic Stress Disorder. It's all done on Canadian postcards. Uh, they have to do with uh, PTSD and CPTSD. We use a lot of Canadiana in there, including the stamps and how the fronts and the backs look. Um, it's pretty cutesy, and we talk about uh, you know, some major things. So we try to make a, a real mishmash of, of everything on there and make it digestible for everyone to read. And we'll be coming out with a couple more uh, Instagram soon. And I'm really excited about that. We're doing one with Lego and I'm also going to be doing one with, uh, dolls. Um, I'm not going to really tell you what it's about yet until they start, uh, being made, but I'm really excited about those as well. Um, and that's it, everyone. I'm going to, uh, get out of my way in your way. Here is my letters to my narcissist. Volume three. Episode. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse. With me today, I have my old pal Melissa. Hello, Melissa. Hello. Well, it's been a while for this type of episode for letters to my narcissist, Volume Three. You know, first we thought uh, after Volume Two. We'd get tons of uh, people sending them in because that was a powerful episode. It just didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just didn't happen.
2: It just didn't happen. Just
0: didn't happen. I thought we were going to be able to like uh, do its uh, uh, own podcast just on yeah, on that. That's how. Sure. That's how. That's how pumped up I was uh, for these episodes. And you know what? Sometimes it just doesn't happen. And. Yeah. Uh anyway, before we get into anything, what is going on in your world? You know, it has been you know, with the coronavirus, with uh, you know, the uh George Floyd uh death in the United States, George Floyd murder and we've had uh, the protests uh, go on, Black Lives Matter, and, you know, it's been an interesting time, and um, I know you yourself have been uh, up and down during this period, and I just wanted to uh, check in to see how you're doing.
2: Yeah, I uh, I had, like, a week of, like, depression, um, just, you know in trying to absorb everything that was happening uh, with the protests. you know, there's some stuff in our own backyard in Canada that took place um, surrounding police brutality as well. So there you know we're not we're not free from those same issues. So there's just a lot going on and I feel very isolated. Um, so you know, we definitely had conversations throughout that time where, uh i just couldn't really shake it and you know i think that's really uh sort of important to to identify because you know it sort of has to shake you if you're going to uh be willing to do anything about it so i've just been really trying to educate myself and sign petitions and um trying to make some art to donate to certain organizations that are trying to help uh this population like Black Lives Matter and that that type of thing. So yeah, it's been rough. And I know you had your moment too, I think. I'm
0: a, um, I'm a late bloomer as I am with everything in life. So I was a, a week kind of behind you when um with my emotional um stuff. And yeah. you know I I don't know what I was thinking early on. I re, I really don't. I don't know if I was avoiding it. It's probably most likely I uh, you know, I it's just we're living in uh such a strange time of uh disinformation and, and real information and yeah. It, I was having trouble see seeing the like the really the the forest, you know beyond yeah. what, you know, where I was and, um, you know, this week, uh, in the last few days, I've actually, you know, been emotional about it and, um, it's, it's been a journey personally doing that and knowing and then trying to figure out like where, um, uh, where and what I will do, uh, as like uh, next steps. How do you, how do you take what's happened and, uh, help the cause and, yeah. and do it in, uh, a way that, um, that feels uh, good, good, uh, for you, but like it helps, but it's also, um, you know, I think a big thing for me was like, I don't want to be seen as pandering, um, and
2: yeah, for and, sure. Like, yeah.
0: And so I am just kind of waiting, you know, for me, like even I guess in, in, in relationships and, and with just anybody where, um, maybe you get in an argument with someone and someone wants to make up right away and you yourself yeah. have to really think about what has happened, um, to be able to formulate what you want to say or or what you want to do and how you will go about it because you're still trying to figure out maybe what has happened and to understand all of the parts before you speak or before there's any actions taken and i just think i was kind of in that mode and still in that mode in in a way just trying to figure out um you know what i can do that like i guess fits best for um, you know who I am, and um, you know where I can help. That where my strengths are um, yeah. put to best use. So, um, I think that you know that was um a big thing because you know even like I, I always bring this back to relations because our community, you know, is based on you know people who are abused. And, you know, when you look at the whole society and systemic abuse, you can really, um, see all of the exact same things happen or that happen within the context of how our abuse that we talk about occurs. So, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, it's just been, it's been educational, um, and, uh, I think I just, you, you hope that. Uh, this is sustained and that that you're you're part of that uh, element of sustaining it, that this is like a first wave of help, but to continue to keep it in the, uh, the not on the back burner anymore, just to keep it uh, going and to figure out how, um, what everyone's role, uh, the strengths of what everyone can do, um, you know, could be put best to best use. So, that's where yeah. I am. Um, um, that, you know, that's pretty much, uh, what, uh, I guess what I need to say about that. And, um, you know, I guess we'll move on. I mean, that's catching up for what was going on with both of us this week. So, yeah. so um, you know, today's episode is, uh, letters to my a narcissist and, uh, we have accumulated, I think we have uh, five, four or five um, written letters or in four and five um, actual recordings. So uh, I guess we'll just kind of get right into it right now. And uh, this will be our first letter. Ready one, two,
3: three, go. Hi, my name is, and uh, this is my letter to my dad. Um, he was narcissistic, obviously but narcissistic. Um, but he had very grandiose ideas that God was placing him on Earth for a special mission. Um, but here is my letter. I I hope it's not too long <laughs> or confusing. I'm um, going to change the names in it. Um, anyway. Here goes. Dear dad, did you really believe all the lies? Did you really believe the construct you put up around your children? When you stared into our big, innocent blue eyes and told us that Satan himself was out to get us. Did you believe it? Did you feel no pangs of guilt or sorrow when I cried because you told me that demons were outside our front gate and that you saw them following us? Up until a few years ago, although I stopped believing in your reality long before that, I still walked the streets, feeling as though the world had a huge and dark blanket hovering just above me, ready to smother me and suffocate me, the second I deviated from your master plan. Do you know how unnerving and exhausting that was? You always told me that Jasper was special, that Jasper himself was one of the six who physically grabbed Satan and threw him out of heaven. Because of this, Satan was after our family, specifically Jasper, and that is why he was mentally handicapped, so that Satan could no longer tempt him or reach him. But Satan's clever, right? And he went after us other kids instead. And somehow, in all of this, God thought that you were so special and so able to protect That God himself appointed you to head our family. If we went against you, we went against God. But you forget we are a Viking heritage. Going against is in my blood and DNA. So I challenged you. And you hated every second of it. What did you think would happen when you tried to beat my little brother? That I would sit back and let you? I always wondered what went through your mind as I thrust my little eight-year-old self between you, six foot something and as wide as you are tall, and my huddling and bawling four and two-year-old brothers. It must have been a shock that this little and innocent child saw the wrong in you. you who is supposed to be the adult, you who is supposed to provide for your family, you who is supposed to keep us from harm, not exposes to danger and then blame our own stupidity for the terror we experienced. We were children. And I, at such a young age, looked at you, my daddy, and saw nothing but hatred and anger in your face. And I knew that you were the demon that you so adamantly warned us about. And so, at the age of eight, I grew up. I fought you every single day. And I fought for those boys. I didn't want them to become you. Even mom would beg them, please, please don't treat your wives the way your father treats me. You would lecture me for hours and hours on end about the error in my ways. You would tell me that my attempts to undermine your authority were evil. And although I tried to protect those boys from your messages, it seems you placed a sleeping demon within their souls. And now, now that you're gone, their demon awoke when I stood up for myself again. And they won't talk to me now. And that hurt because we were in the trenches together. And I loved them with a love, devotion, and responsibility that no child should learn to develop. But you could never see that. You were far too important to waste time listening to the helpless feedings of hungry children. We were in the wrong for asking for food. You were on a mission from God. So our woes were nothing. And now, Dad, this little family that you so abrasively protected has vanished, dissolved into naught. Our blood ties mean something only when it can be used as a weapon. And they have turned their back on me just like you taught them to. And Dad, that's okay. I'm seeing things now I never, ever, ever thought I would see. I am becoming more than the ultimate sum of your failures, and those failures have tied my brothers down and stunted their beautiful, beautiful inner light. But I am free. I have looked Satan himself in the face and said, I dare you to catch me. And he, you, can't. You never will. You have lost your power, and I have gained mine. For nothing in this world that I can do will ever compare with the hell you've placed upon my shoulders. And so I walk, fearless in my endeavors. And in an odd and crazy way, I thank you for that. Okay, so that's my letter. Um, I hope it, it made sense and that you got both of the messages. Uh, I want to thank you for what you've been doing Because it gives us a voice and it gives us something that we can relate to. And just being able to know other people are going through what we're going through is so empowering. Um, Now I'm getting all sloppy. (laughs) Um, Anyway, thank you. And uh, I hope, I hope that my letter is, is helpful.
0: Are you there? Yeah. Well, I'm crying.
2: Oh, I know. I was like my heart is breaking for this person. That one really got to you, eh?
0: Oh, man. I had goosebumps like the whole time. Um,
2: yeah.
0: I it's uh I mean they th- that person endured a lot. Um and yeah. you know, and then to, you know, protect I guess her brothers and then to you know have them um to lose them in in that way yeah um and to have that attitude where she still feels you know that she still loves them in you know because they're just doing what they learned you
2: know yeah, that really stuck with me too. The fact that she, you know, fought for them the whole time and then still, you know, ended up losing them to this person, right?
0: Sounds
2: mm-hmm. um, like a fighter, really strong person.
0: Um, raw. Like, just that was just you know, sometimes we get a raw emotion, uh, yeah. voice, and that that was it, and. To that person, I just really want to thank you for sending that uh, in. Um, Oh, yeah. So
2: it's it's there's like narcissism, and then there's like narcissism with you know religious uh, overtones. Well, it's not even an overtone. It's like yeah, it's scary. It's very scary
0: using religion as a weapon of uh control instead of uh yeah. uh a weapon of love. Yeah. So Yeah. All right. Um are you ready for another one? Yes.
2: Yeah. Let's let's do it.
0: Okay, and the next one. Yeah. Here we go.
1: Hi, this is um a letter to my narcissist. This is a thank you letter of sorts to um, the most recent abuser in my life. What a painful gift you turned out to be. Your timing was impeccable. You turned out to be a perfect combination of all the most prolific, emotional, toxic, narcissistic people in my life. I thank you for showing your true colors so soon and often. Thank you for being so full of yourself that you showed those true colors, not just in front of friends and family, but even agreed to couples counseling with the therapist you you chose because you liked her kind eyes. Thank you for trying your charm on her. Thanks for trying to gaslight her on the real you in front of me. Thanks for sulking, pouting, and lecturing me and her while in session. Thank you for trying to be your peer and to try to get her to work together with you to fix me. Oh, and thank you. For continuing to unravel in between sessions in ways so bizarre, sliming me with your anger, rage, and self-righteousness and self-pity, and then sobbing like a baby about how sorry you were. Thank you for encouraging me to get help and allowing me to see Dr. B by myself. Thank you for going on your own a few times to see Dr. B. Oh, and thank you for turning on, Dr. B. And thank you for showing your true and volatile raging self to Dr. B. Thank you for showing yourself in such a way that you frightened her and she felt compelled to warn me. Oh, at nearly 60 years old, with two marriages and two divorces, feeling that I had not ever had a true balanced relationship, you found me. I would become aware of narcissism a few years earlier as I tried to understand what the hell was going on in my life. I thought I had it down. Thought I understood. Wouldn't fall for it again. Would see the red flags. I could tick off the boxes on how those traits applied to my ex-husbands and my dad. Shoot I haven't told you all about it. Trusted, confided in you. And you were so sympathetic and caring. And I thought... I was the best thing ever, and I thought you were the best thing ever. I thought by uprooting and moving over a thousand miles away to join you, I was moving away from my crazy ex and my crazy-making family to start a new final chapter with the one, you, my hero, my friend. Someone finally got with me, wanted me unconditionally. Turned out not so much. Lots of conditions. But thank you. Because by moving away and being isolated with just you, things unraveled very quick. And there was no one to shift the focus off you and me. All of your opposites emerged, your newly found Christian faith, self-righteous, self-sanctimonious and finger-wagging scold, coupled with your pot-smoking, whiskey-drinking, meanness to co-workers, neighbors, and entitlement, your solicitousness to me, keeping house, playing house with me, cooking for me, prim and proper behavior, Managers, open car doors, treating me like a queen, to swapping on a diamond raging eye, loaded the dishwasher, or cut a tomato, or made coffee. I wasn't focused on narcissism, just bewildered and embarrassed. But Dr. B dropped the term narcissism in borderline personality kind of in passing in different sessions. I went back to studying and re- researching. I sensed she wasn't talking about me, but it was about you. There we were. Thank you again. It played out in real time. Those boxes of manipulative, crazy-making behavior with someone there to validate what I was seeing. And she told me what was going to happen, that the healthier I became and the more I saw that who you were, the faster you're going to unravel and the harder you're going to push on me and the more volatile you would become. Dr. B pushed me to look at my childhood imprinters, Her words. And see how that compared to you, wow, thank you. Because I was drawn like a moth to a flame to your toxic cell, then bodied all of my narcissistic abusers. Thank you. You hurt me, embarrassed me, confounded me, but you wouldn't even let me try to fix you. Thanks to you, I have physically and emotionally moved away and stopped contacting with not just you, but with the others in my life who I've been codependent and abused by. I'm finding myself, my voice, and moving towards healing rather than looking for a new wounder. What a shitstorm you turned out to be. But thank you for being you. The end.
0: So, um, how did you uh, like that one?
2: Yeah, that was was a great one. Uh, Entirely different tone than the last one, but I I really appreciate uh, her... Gratitude towards this person for having, you know, finally gotten her to that place where she could realize, uh, you know, what she positions she's been in her whole life, right, with mm. these people, and to finally kind of like look at it from this this angle of gratitude is is pretty
1: incredible.
0: That that this type of behavior that she'll never except uh, ever again in you know yeah. th- the determination of that and the importance of you know having a a counselor or a therapist or a coach that was able to help her um see that and uh, educate her and you know to be able to get that sort of validation I'm sure at that point, when that finally happened, when that counselor did that for them, uh, could have possibly been the greatest moment of uh, her life. Um, Yeah. You know, someone saw it. And um, it's a huge thing for uh, someone outside of uh, your friends or a family, just a stranger, even though that person might be paid to, mm-hmm. um, see what you're seeing and, you know, that's the moment where, uh, you know, you're not crazy. So, um, yeah. thank you to this person who sent that in and do you want to read, uh, one, you want you sure. to go a, to a reading one? Um,
2: Let's do that.
0: Do you want to, do you want me to just start with the
2: first one? Yeah. Do the first one. Okay. Okay, so, here goes. Four days ago, I was in a dark room on my own without any inputs. I was left with only my imagination to make sense of the contents of this room. I assumed it was a room like any I had been in before. I thought, I know what a room looks like. I know what the typical contents of a room are. I have no reason to be afraid here. Pay no mind to the noise you hear coming from the corner. That noise, though unusual and perhaps even concerning, is nothing. It is not likely to be in this room, this room that you know so well. Pay no mind to the strange brush against your leg. It's nothing at all, or the chill in the air. Don't wonder about the musk you didn't notice before, or the haunting feeling that someone is there, right fucking there in front of your gaze which is, of course, obstructed by the complete darkness of it all. You are telling yourself stories. You are filling the darkness and the confusion with a story that you have created because you are, and make no mistake about this, afraid. You, pathetic you, fearing the room that you know, fearing a room, an innocuous thing. You, lost in the fear of it all, lapping it up, the victim of this ruse, How dare they? How dare they? How dare you? It bounces off the walls of your mind. Nowhere to go in this darkness, in this void, where everything is unsure. You turn inward because where else is there to go? And then someone turns the lights on. At first you think, what a cliché. The darkness, the light. Your eyes roll all the way to the back of your head. So far they come back again and you see... You see it all now. You see the room. You see the corner from which that strange noise once came. It's worse than you thought, by the way. The musk stronger than you could imagine. The brush against your leg. A monster. A real monster.
0: How is that reading that? <laughs> Pardon? I was reading that
2: yeah it's good it's very um like I feel like I'm there in this room with this person. They did a really really good job of sort of you know describing a a person a feeling a relationship um you know by taking you through the space mm-hmm. the physical space I thought it was really well done
0: it was very well done it's it's um it's a poetic uh letter, and
2: yeah, and it also speaks to like you know, sorry, sorry to cut you off there, um just like how a space can really you know be all encompassing, like really be triggering, I guess mm-hmm. is the word
0: so now, um should I read a letter? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll do me reading letter. I'll read the next one on the list we have here. Here we go. Dear Narcissist, I wrote this letter so many times. Some didn't turn out good. Sometimes you came back and I tried to put it in the back of my mind that something was wrong. When we broke up the first time, remember... I had paid my friend too much attention and you screamed the entire night at me and then finished by putting the dagger in my heart. I am no longer your boyfriend and then promptly left. I fell asleep and late that night when I woke up, I texted you begging you to not punish me by being with someone else and you replied, fuck you. Are you scared? You should be. Then followed weeks of silence only broken by hateful messages. I cried till I was dehydrated. I'm crying as I'm writing this, just by remembering the pain. I had to go see a doctor so he could tell my boss I wasn't fit to work. I was so confused because I didn't understand. I can be difficult, but few people hate me. And you even said you loved me. I was the love of your life. If you hate me, I must be awful. But there was two things you didn't count on. I have amazing friends who tolerated you even though you shouted at me over dinner tables, hit me, spoke bad about me to them. I made them go through with this with me. They love me so much that they collectively said they will stick around. Number two, I broke free from my narcissistic mother 10 years ago. I've learned so much more after you. But spending 21 years in the ring with her made me somewhat numb to your tricks. I think that is why you started hitting me so early. I remember I used to roll my eyes and smile at myself behind your back when you had your tantrums, because let me tell you now, they are bizarre. I let you come back once after that morning when you left. I was happy, not really very hopeful, but still. You thought my boundaries had weakened, but no. And when I asked you on Christmas Eve to please take some responsibility for your actions, you sat on me, Punching and slapping me, just to make me uh, shut the fuck up. I asked you to leave, and you thought it was only my apartment, but you vacated my heart in that instant. And I thought this letter would surely contain more fuck yous, but to be honest, I only pity you. You could have had it all. I'm not perfect. Maybe not even great, but I'm a good woman. And I hardly even remember you anymore. You are insignificant, and also, fuck you. Right back.
2: Oh, this letter is awesome. (laughs) I I love this one. I really like, I really relate to this one. And I like how it, like, you know, gives real sort of examples and um, scenarios. I I really relate to it. I like how it's very just open and honest. And that it
4: was
0: most likely a a stream of consciousness writing um mm-hmm. you know as you know she says there like she expected to say a more fuck using it but it didn't it flow that way and yeah. it was just um you know just remembering those moments that were implanted or not Im- imprinted that's a better word Um, implanted, what was I thinking? Imprinted, (laughs) imprinted in you and, you know, this experience for her, um, obviously is or was, uh, negative, but at the same time she was able to bring it back to, um, you know, her earlier trauma with her, 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 her uh, mother, I think she said in there, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and able to really, um, well, it it was interesting in there just to, to really point out that you know when someone comes from an environment like that, they are that they're numb to a lot of stuff that they're they put up with mm-hmm. more, that they put up with more um, than maybe someone else would just because they're used to it, yeah. Um, it's familiar. And yeah. so that's what's so for a lot of people out there who are, are dealing with coming from homes like that. You know, I'm sure, you know, it's not that it's a badge of honor, it's just that for some of us, it is normal to be around chaos than it is to be around non chaos. Um yeah. And it, cause that's just what feels normal to us. So um, thank you to the person who uh, sent in this letter. Cause it's a good reminder yeah. of, of that. So, um, next letter, you want to do a, uh, a voicemail. Which one should we uh, go to? Seven years, together for 12.
5: We were married for seven years, together for 12. We had a beautiful son together. There were red flags. I should have seen them, they only kept growing. And then you left me. You chose another woman over me discarded me like the disgusting piece of trash you seem to think I am. You did it so easily, too, without wincing, without remorse, without a goddamn care in the world. You crushed my heart and shattered my soul into a million pieces. I wept as I saw your mask come off completely, your dead eyes looking back at me, your smug smile, your arrogance. You never loved me, you love the idea of me. You love the way I made you feel. You fed off my positivity, my light. You drained me until all that was left was a small, weak, broken little girl. A girl who thought she was the problem for everything. A girl who felt doubt and shame just for being who she was. How could you? I gave you everything. My life, my soul, my heart. My mind, my body. All those years ago, you swept me off my feet. I thought you were my soulmate and my best friend. Those memories, those adventures, the laughter, the love, it was all an illusion. I was in love with an illusion. I feel tricked, deceived, betrayed. Now you look at me with contempt and rage. You go out of your way to make my life harder. You don't hesitate to blame me for everything wrong in your life. You still try to destroy me, to break me, every chance you get. I fucking hate you. I hate you for what you did to me. For watching me sob on the bathroom floor. For making me beg for your love. For using our child as a pawn. I hate you for all the guilt tripping, the blame shifting, the gaslighting, the projection. I hate you for making me feel obligated to share my body. You made me feel hard to love, like nobody would ever want me or understand me. You fractured my being. Made me believe you over my own inner voice. I abandoned myself for you. And for what? This ends now. Enough is enough. I will no longer be your punching bag. I will no longer be your doormat. I will never be silenced again. You can't control me anymore. I am awake and I see what you are. You are evil and small and weak. You are a fake and a fraud. You will never have what I have. You will never feel the joy that radiates from within me or the love that fills my heart. You are incapable because you are empty. You will never be happy. You will forever be alone in your misery, envying and despising those around you. As for me, I am healing. My journey has begun, and when I am healed, I will rise up like a phoenix. You will be blinded by the flames that burn inside of me. You will choke on the ashes that I leave in my weight. I am strong. I am powerful. I am a force to be reckoned with. And best of all, I have found someone who loves me unconditionally. Someone who will never betray me. Someone who will stand by my side and hold my hand through every storm that comes my way. I left this person behind too many times before, but I will never let that happen again for as long as I live. The person that I found is me. Woo. Wow. These are heavy
2: hitters, man. They're (laughs) all so good. That one was great.
0: She took her power back.
2: Yeah, and it—it's it just like it's so beautifully exemplified, like how all of these people are so like joyous and light and full with filled with love and empathy. You know, it's always there's always this character trait. Well, there th-
0: there was in this one a little bit of, uh, of of anger. There's one line in here which was, um, superb. Oh
2: yeah. No- Oh, for sure! I, you for know sure. Th- this. Sure. One,
0: th- there was like uh, I, I wrote it down, which is I'm going to rise uh, like a phoenix, and I hope you choke on the ashes. Yeah, like that. It's was, a great I was, I, I was like, wow. Whew.
2: Yeah,
0: so, yeah. Was, no,
2: the anger was was great in it. I, I just, I you could tell she was such a bright light. You know. Yes,
0: and um. and. um... You know, I, I didn't expect that to be the uh, to the be the ending. Um, no, that was cool.
2: Because
0: uh, a lot of these, uh, I think there's only uh, one. I think I've listened to in in full. Um, the rest of them I have not listened to until today. So these are all new for me. Um, but you know, she was re- like she really was taking her power back um, at the end and. Um, yeah, whoever that person is, I am proud of you. Yeah. So, uh, next, uh, next letter, which one do we got here? Um, what do we have here? What day?
2: The recording, another recording.
0: Yeah. How many do we have left? We have two.
2: So we, we have one recording left. It's five twenty one twenty twenty.
0: Five twenty one twenty twenty. Okay, so I guess let's do a um a written one.
2: Okay. All right, here it goes. Well done for coming out about the rape. You said after reading my Instagram post about non complicity. It wasn't about my rape or anything the same that happened to me prior. It was about someone else's. I came out about the rape the day it happened. The day you called me stupid and disgusting. The day you called me selfish because you had to live with the fact that this had happened to me. I came out with the rape the day I begged you to hold me and you didn't. And now, today, I'm sitting instead reading misspelled regurgitations of what I suggested you could have once said to me instead. Not to comfort me, but to make yourself feel and sound superior to rub it in, what I could have had and didn't deserve. You say you'd never take me back on the terms of compliance that I begged. Never take me back and keep me in a cupboard. But each and everything I listed as a bargaining chip were things you actually expected of me during our relationship, which, when I cried about them, I was asked to be silent. And now you say, that is abuse I'd never do that. Don't you dare suggest I would or some shit. You say now that I'm abusive, right? Because I'm hysterical, because I have finally lost all self-control and sanity. Because I'm texting and texting and crying and crying because I am in pain, having been baited. You hoovered me back up just to see if you could, again. Of course you could. I'd have done anything, do anything, anything to make this not reality. It hurts so deeply. I feel so unsafe. Even with you. I know you have no compassion for what I've been through, what I'm feeling. I know you don't care. In the grand scheme scheme of things, this moment isn't that bad, you said to me. This moment isn't about this moment. This isn't about a breakup or a rape. This is about being let down and abandoned by everyone who could have loved, protected, or even simply comforted me. I need now and needed then holding, hugging, from you specifically, to whom I've I'd, I'd laid bare, told everything. didn't matter if it was a boyfriend or a friend. I'm not angry with or disappointed in you, not for the things you pretend I'm angry or disappointed in you for, at least, not for wanting to move on, but for setting me up and watching me fall. Jump, babe, I'll catch you. I wouldn't have jumped, but I did, and now you've stepped aside. This manipulation chaos you've created as a vehicle to jump shit. This wasn't love. This is a trauma bond from abuse. I'm so desperate to prove it to be real love, because if it was real love, simply bad communication, mistakes, the abuse wouldn't be real. I'd be mistaken, and that night wouldn't be real. That's the bit that tips the boat over. I would believe anything you said if it made that night maybe not real. You wouldn't have thrown me to the wolves, watched me be disrespected and verbally assaulted, tormented me, blamed me, and then abandoned me made me beg for my peace and dignity. I wouldn't have been divested, disassociative. I wouldn't have walked to find help. I wouldn't have been raped. I would have been safe. You are a liar. You're selfish. You're weak. You're empty. You're ugly in every way. You succeed in everything that is surface, trivial, and doesn't matter, but you bring harm and trauma to everything smaller, more vulnerable than you. You manipulate and gaslight and tear down everyone's light. They speak of you, but never to you. You're a weak one. You are everything that is wrong with this planet. You are empty, pointless, awful human being. And if I survive this torment, I will spend a little bit of time every day wishing you all the true karma life can throw at you. To match your true actions, regardless of my irrelevant perspective. Whatever it is, whoever you are, I wish whatever matches that alone. I was bending over backwards to communicate and find middle ground because you wouldn't take the small and easy steps it would have taken to fix this. If I wasn't in a relationship with you, an abuser, there would be no issues because our issues, as they were presented by you, were so fixable because I am so accommodating and caring and con- communicative. Keep talking, Phoebe, this feeds me. You actually said that. The love, the compliments, the admiration, the pain, the heartache, the lengths I would go to to be good to you while you escalated and escalated the problems, while you chipped away at who I was. All of this makes you feel superior, brings you further away from touching what's beneath your performance, your fake self, your manipulation, your abuse, nothing, weakness, No person with strength would make someone who loves them a victim, would feed off of them in the way you do and discard them when they were dried up. You never made an effort. You talked the talk and never once did any of the work to grow as a partnership. You didn't want that. You wanted to use me up, drain me of all I had until I was old news, too familiar to validate your ego, and spit me out to find another. The problem in our relationship, every step of the way, was your coldness and cruelty. You would disengage. You would make huge life choices and not even tell me. You put everyone before me, people you'd just met. And if I piped up ever or cried because of you ever, it was my fault. It was flipped on me. You chipped away at my confidence. Undermined everything I knew, could do, was good at. Gaslighting. Constant, constant gaslighting. But I didn't know what that was then. I couldn't see. You wouldn't show up when I needed you. Told me I was weak when I was hurt or injured. Anything you could do to make me feel small. There is nothing left of me, Jay. And that's why you don't want me, because there is nothing left of me except compliance, desperation. I was with you because I was broken and I was desperate, or I never would have been. I cannot stomach the abuse and the emotional manipulation I endured through you. I cannot stomach it. I don't want to live in a world where people like you exist. I'm sitting and I'm thinking and I'm sitting and thinking and I don't want it. This is why I will not leave. I have a happy ending. I need a happy ending to this horrible, horrible story. And that's the end. I really hope this person is okay right now.
0: Yes. I should, I I'll, um, I'll email them uh, after this to make sure.
2: Yeah. It's uh it's a lot, it's a lot going on and um you know, there's a lot of trauma there. I I could tell the person was in a lot of pain like just the way that it was written and you know um it just felt painful. Like it just it felt I could just feel the person – um, you know when you're really upset and it's like hard to even write something like that. How it felt, it felt like very like raw and um, yeah. I just I, it feels like she's still in it.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: I hope that you know things have changed or things have gotten better um, because obviously this person is is you know in a in a really terrible. Dynamic. Um, Yeah. So, like, as you said, I hopefully we can uh, reach out and and see that they're okay. Mm
0: -hmm. And here is the next letter. Here we go. Remember when you were all in when we dated? Generous, energetic, handsome, successful, funny, sexy, complimentary, helpful. Remember 18 months later when I moved in and you immediately disappeared, ignored me for six months straight, said you must be depressed, needed alone time on your computer in your upstairs den to unwind? Every evening after work and entire weekends, so lost in fantasy that you'd forget to eat, That you took a depression screening online and the result was moderate, severe depression. A month later, I practically begged you to do something about it to get help because I missed you, my partner, my best friend, my lover. You laughed at me and said, oh, I'm depressed now. Will that make it better for you? That's when I knew I was in trouble, that you were not the person I thought you were. You were literally faking depression for sympathy and to keep me off your back about your behavior. So you could keep avoiding being accountable. So you could keep neglecting everything real in your life. So you could be left to your fantasy world of online supply uninterrupted. When you got caught, you claim that you have sexual desires that can only be satisfied by fantasy. A different kind of rare woman. You'd always been special and so misunderstood by the entire world. Everyone is too dumb to see how different and interesting you are. No one can please you because you can't be pleased. For a full year, you subtly encouraged and then allowed me to believe that I was a disappointment, that I was sexually subpar and boring. You showed me through your withdrawal, isolation, silent treatment, and bored sulking that I no longer had value to you. That is the worst part for me. I understand everything now, but did not at the time, and it was unbearable, crushing. You are a talented gaslighter. I'd walk away from every discussion or argument initiated by me and of absolutely no interest to you, scratching my head like, what just happened? Am I nuts? You said it's not that bad. It's not like I beat your kids with a smirk. You only wanted me when I was was new or leaving. You've mentioned many times you can't imagine a future for yourself. That's because there is no hope or joy inside you. This bothers you. You know what's coming will be more of the same. You feel superior to others and entitled to more or better, without merit. You are without confidence. Your ego is very sensitive. You love to look in the mirror, but you hate who you really are inside. You project things onto others. You claim to be charitable, but that's fake too. You give to charity to maintain your image. You give nothing. You have no friends. You lie as easily as you breathe. You are the king of plausible deniability. Almost three years I wasted. I was nearly broken, unrecognizable to myself or my friends when a coworker said, Look up covert narcissism. And I discovered the truth. Fucking textbook. When I told you I was done, you just stared at me silently while I cried. Cried out of pure rage and humiliation. Later you told me I wouldn't leave. That perpetual smirk was replaced with disbelief when the movers arrived. That will remain one of the most satisfying moments of my life for a long time. Bye, bye, black hole.
5: Woo!
0: Uh, this this great. Um, oh good. Oh, good. Letter. Uh, you lie as easily as you breathe. Great line.
2: Another great line was, uh, I think, my favorite one was you only wanted me when I was new or leaving. Or leaving. That is a killer line. Um, yeah, This is this is a great one.
0: Yeah, as I was reading it, I was like, this is a covert narcissist who brought you in um, to their home and then, you know, with all the charm, or whatever, and then it was, there was just nothing there. Um, yeah. And, you know, at that point, you know, when you're not the shiny new thing, you're they're they're hiding within the house. Uh, um, yeah. And, you know, that's, that's an interesting thing to be hiding within your own, within the home. And like, you're looking, mm-hmm. you're looking for your partner and your partner is, you know, that's an odd, a very odd, 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 odd feeling. um, to be within your own home and you can't find someone who's, who's there. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm sure this person went through the gamut of emotions of, uh, but like loneliness to be so lonely within your own home and at a loss and wondering what the heck is, is going on. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, thank you to the person who uh, sent this in. Um, yeah, thank you. And do you want to do the last uh, reading letter and then we'll do the um, last uh, audio letter? Yeah. Okay, so you're up. Okay.
2: Here goes. go. The truth is that I have always cared about you because I pity you. And the more successful you get, the more I pity because it means you are sadly getting further and further away from human. I thought when I met you that I had some glimmer of human remaining and I tried to reach inside you and pull it out with my all my might and resources while you screamed and kicked and fought it as if it meant your last breath it became evident that your human would eternally remain stuffed inside and covered up with concrete by you. Because to you, human means vulnerable and it means pain. There was no way you'd allow that to be drawn out. I said before I was happy for you and for your growing success, and I was and am, but not for the reasons you think. I'm not happy for you because I think you deserve admiration or fame. I'm happy for you in the sense that it may bring you some peace by an increasing capacity to completely avoid your human and to avoid your immense fragility and pain. I wouldn't wish that on anyone because my empathy runs too deep, as does my love for the now long-gone human in you. The unfortunate conundrum is that with every compounding step you take toward what you call higher degrees of fame and happiness that seal in your humans, approaches a sharp and bitter cliff from which you will one day fall, and it will be a hard fall. If it shatters you and leaves your human exposed or vulnerable, the fate of your soul and everyone in your life will be tragically mangled and shredded as a result. You'll inherently be compelled to construct an even stronger and self-protective shell in lightning speed with fury. You will rise ever stronger and ever more lethal, and it's frankly something my heart does not have to. The ability to watch or be a part of for my own safety and all the people I love in my life. It breaks my heart that you weren't able to find your human pain with positive and productive and adaptive measures when you have the chance, because it means there is now absolutely no hope of you being able to experience true love as it is intended and most cherished, received and given. That little human child didn't deserve this fate, to be swallowed up and digested by your immense and debilitating fear, resentment, insecurity, anger, and vengeance, frozen over by induced extreme apathy. I don't hate much in this world, but I do hate the you that you created, who killed my innocent, tender human who I never had the privilege of meeting."
0: Very interesting letter, um, you know, really taken from, you know, the point of view that she does have this, um, empathy for Mm -hmm. the, the child in him that is hurt and could have been someone else, but the adult version of, of the child has chosen, um, The path of not being being able to look at what has happened most likely, and um, is just a a reactive kind of human being, and um, still still really that little child, but uh, taking Uh, note in 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 terrible ways. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I, I think it's a really interesting perspective. Um. And it really describes, you know, the humanity of, like, vulnerability and how the lack thereof really is kind of ways a way to wall yourself off, right? To not really connect. Yeah, it's really well done.
0: All right. And we have one um, voicemail left. And I'm not sure what this voicemail is. I know there was one voicemail. I don't know if I had it on here. This could be it. Um, that actually the person only recorded a certain amount and then it cut off and I guess they assumed that they might have still kept on going so it could have mm-hmm. been like a 15 minute one and it was now only 5 minutes but I have a feeling this one isn't it I think I did leave that off like the list so to that one person who might not hear their voice recording um, I didn't put it on because it, uh, or I, I might be, this might be it, but I think I didn't, <laughs> I think this is, um, a full one. Uh, but to that one person who didn't hear it, it, it was because, um, I didn't get the whole uh, voicemail recording and it came in with, uh, no email attached to it. Um, it came in as anonymous, so I can't email anyone back. Um, cause there's no way to do it. Um, so uh, this one is what, 0521? Is that what we're doing here? Yeah, that's okay. what I've got here. All right. I'm going to press play. You ready?
4: Yep. Yeah. Go. Dear waste of oxygen, this is hard. Leaving you, it's been definitely one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. But I did it, and I'm so proud of myself. I can't say every day is happiness. No, it's not. I still have bad days, days where I cry for what I've lost. For what I thought I had and now I don't even know if I actually ever had it. But I want you to know that I don't cry for you. I don't miss you. I don't want you. I don't love you anymore. I cry for my marriage. For sharing my life with someone I loved unconditionally. I cry for me. For my time. For my love that it wasn't for super-kay. For all the moments I knew this wasn't okay and I still stayed. I wish I would have left. I wish I would have realized earlier you were abusive so I could take action sooner. Because it hurts. It hurts to even say that word. Abusive. Who wants to be a victim of such a horror? Who would like to admit that they lost themselves to an abusive relationship? Nobody. But here I am. Admitting it, swallowing it, and realizing it was my reality for, for a long time. That's the first step, I guess, and it's okay. It wasn't my fault. It happens, and it's normal if it took me some time to figure it out. The good thing is that I'm out, that I put a stop to my suffering and I left. I walked away from the person I loved the most in my life, from the person I thought it was my soulmate, from the person I gave absolutely everything and from, that person that also showed me what hell on earth looks like. The person who enjoyed seeing me crying. Who insulted me and called me the most horrible names. Who made me believe I was nothing. I was garbage and worthless. Yes, you were that same person, but I left and now I'm free. And that's what's important now. I need to forgive you now, even though you haven't apologized to me. I need to do that for me, for my peace, for my growth. I don't want to hold any resentments towards you you. because all this pain you made me suffer, all the nights crying because of you, all the times we spent together helped me realize I need to change some things in my life too. I need to let go and forgive some things from my past so this kind of experience won't happen again. I need to learn you came to my life to teach me a lesson. Probably the biggest and most hurtful lesson I had to learn, but I can tell you I'm working on it. So today, instead of saying I fuck you, I would say thank you. Because if it wasn't for your poor love and the pain you caused me, I would probably have never opened my eyes to bigger things in my life. I wouldn't discover I can make it on my own, that I don't need nobody to be happy, that I can live on my own. I wouldn't make peace with my mom and my past. I wouldn't discover that nothing's, nothing's worth more than my peace. So thank you again. I hope you can be happy one day, even though I doubt it. A person like you don't even know what real happiness is. But I still hope one day you can actually find it. As for me, I will remember from now on my worth. I won't settle for less than what I deserve. I will save money again. I will travel exercise. I'll be living a better life, one life without doing it. And I'll do my best to be happy, to heal, to forgive, and to move on. It will take time, but I know I'll get there. And when I do, I'll be unstoppable. You
1: there?
2: Yeah. Uh Oh,
1: also
2: also very uplifting empowering
0: it was very empowering and to have her go through the anger move through the anger to the other side i know a lot of people have issues with you know forgiveness and some people you know say like i you shouldn't have to forgive but you know for Mm -hmm. some people forgiveness means different things and um Part of that, uh, you know, forgiveness can really be mean. Is like to, to, to move past anger and make the other person the focus of your healing process, and to, mm-hmm. to to make yourself the focus of your healing process. Because you know, when you make someone else the focus of your healing process, it's still about them. And um, yeah, and, and to heal, yeah, you, you really need to make it about you because you have to do it for you and it really sounds like this person uh got to that point and you know i just think like sometimes people take the word forgiveness and and give it one meaning and Mm -hmm. i I really think it's important that forgiveness can mean a million it does in a way it doesn't have uh, a meaning for um for this it can mean so many different Things and I, for me, I, I can see the word forgiveness as just being a way of saying, like, I'm going to focus on myself, I'm going to move on and, and focus on me, and yeah, or
2: like letting go, letting like it's go like, is, know, is another way yeah. of putting it, yeah.
0: So, I really want to thank that person uh, for sending that in. I want to thank everyone um, for sending everything uh, in. I have no idea when we'll do a volume four. It took a while for us to get to do a volume three. <laughs> um, but I really want to thank everyone who sent in their letters. And for the people, I hope, I, I have a feeling that I probably missed a couple of written letters. I hope I did not. Um, I think I have everything here, but it's possible because I'm not the greatest at organizing. So if I did not read your letter, I apologize or I'll blame it on Melissa. Uh, um and uh do you have anything to say before we uh end this episode
2: yeah i just want to say thanks as well um it's a privilege to be able to read these these like very vulnerable stories so well thanks i hope everybody's doing okay now this moment
0: yeah uh, and i i yeah this i say the same thing i mean it, it's you know i thought you know immediately after the last episode that people would send them in and i sometimes i forget like how vulnerable um mm. you have to be to to put yourself out there even if it's just you know a recording on a website it's it's still your yeah. voice out there and to do it is even to send in a letter it's vulnerable to uh do that as well because it's not just you who is now uh, reading it it is um, me um and, and you and other people are hearing it so I really from the bottom yeah. of my heart want to thank everyone uh, who's taken part in in this and um, I, I guess that's it that's the uh, end of this episode I want to thank you um, Melissa for, for being here with me um, pleasure and I want to thank everyone else for listening and I hope you all have a good night